Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. It's Thursday, May 19th, 2022, and this is The Gateway. I'm Rachel Lipman, in for Wayne Pratt. Ahead on the podcast, Kernza is a new grain that some believe could revolutionize farming. It's exciting, and to me it's just a, a tremendous gift to our food system. Coming up, we'll examine a grain that can feed lots of people and handle weather extremes. But first, the news. Schnucks market employees in eastern Missouri have approved a new contract that will bring them higher wages and improvements to their health care plan. 56% of members of the United Food and Commercial Workers, Local 655, which represents the workers, voted last night to approve the three-year contract. It offers better vision care, short-term disability benefits, and more flexible sick leave. The new contract would also not increase health care premiums, a top concern for Schnucks employees. Union-represented managers and clerks will also receive a pay raise. The agreement protects employees against discrimination based on gender expression or identity. On Twitter, the union's president, David Cook, called the contract one of the best for workers. Governor Mike Parson on Wednesday signed legislation enacting a new map for the state's eight congressional districts. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum explains, the map could face a challenge in the courtroom over whether the districts are compact. Missouri's Constitution requires the state's congressional districts to be, quote, compact as may be. And some detractors have argued that portions of the latest map in the St. Louis area were drawn in a way that runs afoul of that provision. Jerry Griman is an attorney who was involved in a 2012 case that upheld the last congressional map. While he says the definition of compact is vague, not filing suit could guarantee eight uncompetitive districts for a decade. And I don't see much, you know, downside to, to trying, uh, you know, a lawsuit. You know, the only downside is whatever resources it takes to, to fund it. The new districts went into effect immediately after Parson signed the legislation. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. While Parson was quick to sign those new congressional maps, he was less enthused about a measure that would provide a tax credit to some Missouri residents. The proposal on his desk would direct $500 million in general revenue to a one-time, non-refundable tax credit for some who paid state income tax. Parson said Wednesday he believes the bill was put together quickly, and he says he would prefer tax relief that helps everyone, not just some. I think if we're going to do something, and probably what I would be calling the legislators to do, is cut everybody's income tax, make it fair across the board. We can afford to do that right now, and I think it's a good time to do it. The governor says he will likely sign a major elections law that includes a requirement to show a photo ID to vote. St. Louis is bringing in an outside firm to help find its next police chief. Public safety officials announced Wednesday that the Bolware Group, with help from the Center for Policing Equity, will conduct a national search to replace John Hayden. The Regional Business Council is covering the cost of using Bolware services. Mayor Tashara Jones says the past search, which yielded just two internal finalists, had a number of issues. The last search um, wasn't uh, transparent, and uh, we would like to make sure that we cast a wider net. Hayden, who had planned to retire in February but delayed his departure to help with the transition, will now leave June 18th. 
Lieutenant Colonel Michael Sack, currently the commander of the Bureau of Community Policing, will take over as interim chief on that date. Corn, soy, and wheat make up about 70 percent of Midwestern farmland. But as the planet heats up, scientists have to develop new crops to replace them, plants that can survive and thrive in a changing climate. Rachel Young produced this story with the Food and Environment Reporting Network. It's about one crop that some scientists and farmers think could be the grain of the future. Now, this is the stuff we're going to be planting this in that field right out here. Carmen Fernwaltz has been farming organically since before the term organic farming was even a thing. He owns A-Frame Farm in Madison, Minnesota, where he grows corn, soybeans, and small grains, including one you might not have heard of. Right now, we have about 80 acres of Kernza. Kernza, a species of wheatgrass. Some scientists and farmers say we need to change the crops we grow in the face of climate change, and Kernza could be part of the answer. It's a crop that can feed both people and soil in a warmer world, which is a dream come true for Carmen, who cares a lot about keeping his soil healthy. I just cringe every time I see soil disturbance. By soil disturbance, Carmen means tilling, churning up the soil to plant new crops. Tilling releases carbon into the air as a greenhouse gas. It disrupts all the processes that make soil healthy. Most corn and soy farmers have to till their fields every year because corn and soy... Those are annual crops. Kernza is different. It's a perennial grain, so its roots get to stay in the ground for several years while the plant above ground keeps producing grain each season. Those roots pull carbon out of the air, they build healthy soil, and they make Kernza resilient to extreme climate events like droughts and floods. And if Kernza really takes off, farmers will be able to make money growing it. It's exciting, and to me it's just a a tremendous gift to our food system. Kernza is also helping Carmen imagine a new future of growing grains. He says he chats with conventional farmers all the time who see problems with the way we farm today. They're seeing soil degradation, herbicide resistance, increasing costs of production. They're sort of on a treadmill with corn and soybeans, and they're looking for something to break out of that. People are very excited at perennial grains. Tim Cruz is the chief scientist at the Land Institute in Salina, Kansas. They're the ag research organization that's been developing Kernza for the past 20 years. And they want perennial grains like Kernza to replace the annual crops we grow now. That would mean doing away with a lot of that annual tilling and adding the environmental benefits of perennial roots like Kernza's on millions of acres of the world's croplands. And it's just a matter of getting them to the point where they can actually start to replace the annual crops um, economically. But today, there are just about 4,000 acres of Kernza growing worldwide, most of them in Minnesota. Minnesota is also home to a small but enthusiastic Kernza supply chain as local brewers, bakers, and chefs experiment with niche Kernza products in microbrews, pancake mixes, and dessert bars. National brands are starting to pay attention. Kernza was listed among Whole Foods' top 10 food trends of 2022. Still, don't expect to see Wheaties swapped out for Kernzies in the cereal aisle anytime soon. University of Iowa economist Sylvia Secchi says that for Kernza to actually replace the grains we grow now, we'll need to see major changes to the U.S. Farm Bill first. You can't just change the crops. 
This is a whole system that we need to uh, modify. Part of that system? Federal subsidies for annuals like corn and soy, which incentivize farmers to grow those crops, even if they end up losing them to extreme climate events. What we need for Kansas to find its place is changes to our farm policy. For example, if you have crop insurance subsidies for corn and beans, right, you should have them for Kernza. Farmer Carmen Fernholtz isn't waiting for changes to the federal farm policy. He's been mentoring young organic farmers for a farming future that benefits the earth instead of degrading it. To start seeing the next generation being engaged in it, there's nothing more rewarding. For the Food and Environment Reporting Network, I'm Rachel Young. That story comes to us from Hot Farm. That's a new podcast from the Food and Environment Reporting Network about the intersection of agriculture and climate change. You can listen to Hot Farm wherever you get your podcast. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music on the podcast is by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Rachel Lippman, and this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.